Chaf Gimel Elul, Taf Shin Ayin Tet, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Shlomo Kabach composes Yishayibo arranges and sings Meloch Al Kol Haolam Klobich Vodecha As we open up this 
show. This is pre-Rosh Hashanah show. Welcome, welcome, one and all. We're to the Israel show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. We're here each and every Monday. Oh, I shouldn't say that because we won't be here next Monday. Each and every Monday immediately following JM in the AM. 9 a.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Israel time around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is. That's the time that we are on. Write it down, make a note, tell the friends, tell your folks. I don't know what that means. <laughs> and of course, we are available on demand. And that is something you can tell your friends and tell your folks and tell everybody. If they're interested in uh, this type of programming, great, both contemporary and nostalgic Israeli music. Analysis of what's going on in Israel now, history, and so much more about Israel. Tell them they can go on demand to the Nachum Siegel Network app. Look for the archives and find us there on nachumsiegel.com, the same. Or you can subscribe for our podcast and get it put into your device automatically each and every week. Thank you so much for joining us, making us a part of your week. So what's next for Israel? We'll tell you uh, what's going on with that. We don't do predictions here, I remind you, yet again. We'll just give you an idea of what the law is, what needs to be done, what the options are, and we'll discuss some of the options. And... um, what's taking place so far. In addition, I was shocked. I was shocked. I got to tell you, yesterday, I was watching, not all the time, and not, you know, I was doing other stuff. I don't want you to think I'm sitting there watching the meeting between the President of Israel and each and every um, uh, party segment in Israel. But it was on in the background, and I saw the Arab parties who made history. We'll speak about that later by actually recommending the president pick one specific candidate over the other. They usually don't because they think both of them are terrible racists, anti-Arab, Islamophobes, and so forth and so on. But then Ahmed Tibi said something and I was like, what did he just say? I have the recording for you from within the room and um, we will hear it together and will give us an interesting look at the way the Israeli Arabs think. That's all I can say. And great music for the Amim Noraim. That was from the brand new album of Yishai Rebo. Elul Tafshinayin Tet. We have stuff from Yoni Genud, Hamadri Goat, Amit Lewis. Batella and others all within the same theme of the Amim Norim. So um Yoni Genut together with Shai Gapsov Yeda Kol Paul Kiatapialtov Yevin Koyatsur Kiatayitzarto every individual and creature in the world will know that God created him. Anyone who has an Hashem, Hashem Elokei Yisrael Melech, the God of the Jews is the King, His kingdom, Bakol, Mashallah, His kingdom rules over everything. Mayor Weingarten, 
The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Shai Gapso. And Yoni Gennett. Yoni Gennett has so many great things. I love it. So does Ido Ishai Rebo. And there is so much amazing Jewish music coming out of Israel. And what I'm happy about, and this is not to be taken for granted, is that it's making its way into um, the American Jewish scene as well. The American Jewish music scene. Whereas many, many years ago, many years ago, uh, let's say 30, 35 years ago, I was trying to get some... um, Jewish music people here in the States to bring in some creators of Jewish music from Israel. Somebody expressed it pithily by saying, if it's in Sfaradit, it won't be considered Jewish. Well, them days are over, that's all I can say. Did I say that? My name is Mayor Weingarten, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. So what is next? The Israeli elections are over, and there is a deadlock. So here is what the law prescribes, meaning this is what has to happen, whatever your political leanings are, yes, this way, that way, whatever it is, doesn't really matter. When an Israeli election ends, finally, the president of the country, Ruvi Rivlin, is one of the few really jobs, quote-unquote, or authorities, responsibilities that he has. He invites each elected party faction, each faction of each party, because party can be uh, made up of several factions. For example, the Arab party is made up of four different factions, and uh, they differ from each other. So, so the president invites each elected party faction to a consultation. One by one, they meet with President Rivlin in a very transparent... So it's broadcast live on the internet. And each faction is asked who they recommend for prime minister. The president has a little bit of wiggle room, but usually there's a clear majority for one or the other of the larger parties, of the two largest parties. And then usually what happens is the president carries out his ceremonial duty and charges the party leader to form a coalition, and they come back to the president when they have one set together in a government, and they take a beautiful picture, and that's the last time they will happily ever after. From that point on, they're fighting. Maybe even before then. But in our case, in this election, and in the last election, in this election even more so, the results are so close and the outcome is unclear, the president has to use his judgment, and he gets to use his judgment and probably a little bit of personal prejudice, like everybody, to decide who gets the opportunity to haggle and horse trade first. With the, other, with the other parties in search of the elusive 61 um, seats majority. So let's say he suggests candidate A. You try to form a coalition. And it's not going to be easy. 
in our election. Because no block, Netanyahu's natural coalition partners are not enough, do not come close to 61. And the other side also doesn't come close to 61. In fact, when you take off the 13 seats of the Arab parties that for some reason the media keeps including in the block of the left, they're not going into any government. So Benny Gantz has much less. So let's say candidate A, let's call him candidate A, it doesn't matter who it is. That candidate gets 28 days during which they have to put together this coalition. It's all, uh, it literally is horse trading. It's like a shook. You, you try to buy off this party, you try to buy off that party. How do you buy off parties? Mainly by budgets and by ministerial positions. So if somebody wants to get the ministry of, um, well, the big ones are the, the, uh, the Otsar, the Treasury, the Chutz, the Foreign Affairs, and Bitachon, the Defense Ministry. There's also Chinuch, Education Ministry. Though these are the big ministries. The smaller ones would be like Tayarut, Tourism, Klita, Aliyava Klita, Aliyan Absorption, and so forth. What's the what's the idea of having a ministry? Because the parties fight. Who's going to have how many ministries and which ministries? And the idea is, first of all, it's 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 honor. It's kavod. But besides that, it's budgets and jobs. If you have a ministry, then the ministry employs many people. And there are rules and legalities, but you could use the ministry to um, hire friends. Of course, they have to be they have to be appropriate for the job. But that's, you know, take that, let's say that that's taken for granted. Anyway, so all this bribery, if you will, is taking place, getting budgets for your institutions, whether it's for yeshivas, or it's for colleges, or for cultural institutions, whatever it is, and getting ministries. Now, once the 28 days is over, and everybody knows that there's 28 days, so every party that's worth its salt is going to wait until the very last minute in order to try and get the most, because that's the way negotiations work. You wait till the end, till everyone's up against the wall. But if the 28 days pass, the the prime minister can go back to the president, the prime ministerial candidate can go back to the president and say, oh, um, listen, I, I couldn't make it happen in 28 days. I need an extension. And the president can provide up to 14 days, and usually does, 14 days extension. So now, now we're at, what, 42 days already have passed, and, and there's a week by which, after the election results are in, which is around now, so a week from now, uh, during which the president consults. So a week goes by, then 28 days, then 14 days. Now, if candidate A is not successful... Two things. One, he's banned from trying again at a later date. So if you were given the job first and you failed, you can't try again. Meaning if it goes now to candidate B and he fails, you, candidate A, can't try again. 
Interesting. And that is why you will see in the headlines of yesterday and today from Israel that Gantz said, we don't want to be called upon first. We want to be called upon second. Let Netanyahu try and form his government. Let him do it. He'll fail. And then we'll come in, but then he'll be banned from doing it again. At which point, by the way, the Likud can then elect another person to be the head of the party, and that would allow Gantz and the Likud to get together, because Gantz is not against the Likud, he's against Netanyahu. Anyway, candidate B now gets 28 days. No extension, no option for 14 days. So now we have, how many days have gone by? 70 days have gone by since the election. If candidate B is not successful, there's only one more option left, and that is 61 Knesset members can sign a request and say, we all are asking that you appoint or or give the option to Mr. So-and-so, to Knesset member so-and-so, to try and put together a coalition, and that person gets 21 days. Now, the truth is, if there's 61 Knesset members signing that, one would assume that there would be a support of a majority for those for this candidate, but you never know in Israeli politics. So, if this whole process, if it runs out, the Knesset automatically gets dissolved. Automatically. You don't need to vote nothing. Just that's the law. And you go to new elections. And if that happens, new elections would be around Hanukkah time. That's, that's how crazy this whole thing can be schlepping. Now, one thing you got to keep in mind. Oh my gosh, there's one thing you really got to keep in mind. On October the 2nd, the day after Rosh Hashanah, Tzom Gedalia, is the day that Prime Minister Netanyahu has his first hearing with the Department of Justice. This is a process before indictment. He's not indicted yet. Before his indictment, he gets to have a hearing in which he can come and try and prove that the allegations against him are false. In which case, the uh, Attorney General, the Yoetz HaMishpatilam Emshala, which is more than just the Attorney General, we'll not get into that now, has to make a decision whether he indicts him. So in the middle of all this mess, you're going to have the craziness of the hearings, which are all going to be leaked and are going to appear every day on TV, and it's going to be a fine mess indeed. Stay tuned. Coming up after the uh, musical interlude, a scenario that was brought up on Friday by analyst Amit Segal of Arut uh, fascinating, fascinating scenario that he came up with which is now the talk of the town of how to get out of this deadlock so we'll uh, share that with you plus lots more coming up 
We're going to Ben Adam Malachan Yerdam. That's a Sephardic piyut. This is done by Ido Portugal. Vigo Imeir. My name is Meir Weingarten, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. especially in the Sephardi community, Ben Adam Malachanirdam, Kum Kera Betachanunim, Man, why are you asleep? Get up and call in prayer, Shefoch Sicha Derosh Slicha, demand or look for repentance. Me'adon ha'adonim from the Lord of the Lords. Malachanir Dam, of course, is um, a reference to Yonah in the boat. 
when the boat is bobbing, being ta- tossed, tempest tossed. What's wrong with you? What are you sleeping? Get up and call out to your God so that we don't get destroyed. My name is Mayor Weigart, and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Coming up after this uh, segment, an oldie but goodie, we done. Elokim Natan Lachab Matana. We done by Bat Ella. It's really uh, very cool, I must say. Just released last week, and um, you don't want to miss it. So here's a mitzegal scenario of what, ha- what how, how we could break this deadlock in Israel. The president, remember, the president of Israel is the one who has to decide upon whom to, to bestow the job of putting together a coalition and who goes first. And the thought in general is it's best to go first because you hope that you'll figure out a way to cajole somebody within a 28 plus 14 day interval, cajole somebody to, to, to join you. Especially someone like Netanyahu who is uh, a very good politician, let's say. So it's the president's job to do that. It's also one other, there is also one other power that the president has pretty much those are the only two powers of authority that he has. And that is the power of a judicial pardon. In America, the president can pardon. In Israel also, unlike all the other powers which are given to the government, the pardon is given to the president. So, here's a scenario that raised a lot of eyebrows and (laughs) All sides of the political par- uh, pol- political world were uh, giving their thought about it, but it surely created a lot of buzz. The president, President Rivlin, will offer Prime Minister Netanyahu a pardon from all future indictments. Now you can say a pardon usually is something that you do afterwards, right? You've done something wrong, you're You've been convicted, now you're pardoned. Well, there is a precedent in Israel for pardoning in advance. I'm giving you a pardon, lechatchila, in advance of everything else. In advance of your... What's that um, precedent? Well, many years ago, there's what called Parshat Otobus Loshmeot. This is um, a situation where Arab terrorists took over the number 300 bus on the, on the coastal... Um, highway and towards the end they killed many people and towards the end uh, Tzahal was able to stop the bus and kill some of the terrorists and capture some of the terrorists and they reported the Shin Bet reported Israel's Secret Service that they were all killed but a photographer, a news photographer, 
actually had a photo that he snapped in which he showed one of the terrorists being led away handcuffed, meaning alive. Which means he was killed after he was captured and of course international law, blah, 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 blah. A huge scandal broke out. A huge scandal. I, I'm not even going to go into it. One day we'll go into it at length. It's, 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 it's a very sad and black mark on Israeli uh, security forces behavior. Anyway, at the end of the day, the president of Israel, Chaim Herzog, pardoned in advance those members of the Shin Bet who were involved. Now, when you say when you pardon somebody, he's got to get up and say he was guilty. So it could be that Netanyahu will get up and say he was guilty, and then later he'll say, well, I only said that because I wanted to get the pardon, but I'm not really guilty. Or he might get up and say, I've been accused of the following. Well, we'll see if he'll get away with that. So, once Netanyahu is pardoned in this scenario, which is right now a fictional scenario, but let's see, he gets pardoned. What's the quid pro quo? What's his part in that? His part in that is that he leaves politics. He leaves politics. He's no longer prime minister. Then the then then the ban that Kaholavan put on sitting with a prime minister who has been indicted goes away. The Likud elects a new leader and a unity government is formed between the Likud and the Blue and White Party. Large majority, no problem. Who gets to be the leader? They'll rotate and for that there's precedent as well. In 1984, in September 1984, Shimon Peres and Yitzhak Shamir announced a unity government. There was a similar deadlock. Peres was prime minister for about two years, and then Shamir was prime minister for about two years. And it actually worked. All kinds of squeaking and going, uh, all, all kinds of problems along the route, but it worked. So they could say the leader of the Likud and Benny Gantz will switch off between them. In Hebrew, it's called rotatia. That's actually what it's called. Rotation. <laughs> They'll rotate. It's good for everybody. This is literally a win-win-win-win situation. Why? Netanyahu, who is afraid of getting indicted and then sitting in court for a very long time and then ultimately if he's found guilty sitting in prison gets to go home right now he's not going to be prime minister anyway so it seems his fans will say they wouldn't have been able to indict him his enemies will say he admitted as part of the plea deal The country wins because there'll be a stable government. The president wins because he he comes out looking good. And even the Department of Justice, who's behind this entire Netanyahu, anti-Netanyahu campaign, 
they win too. Because there is a slight chance, not a slight chance, there's a chance that, and it's happened before, Omert, who was tried in many cases, came out innocent in all but one. Time after time he came out innocent, 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 innocent. So imagine after all this, if Netanyahu comes out innocent, how much egg the Department of Justice will have on their face, the prosecutors. And this gets them out without having to worry about that also. The prosecutors will say, he admitted, obviously if he did nothing wrong, he wouldn't have just walked away and made the plea deal. That's a very cool chess game. And uh, it's just been announced that President Rivlin invited Prime Minister Netanyahu and Benny Gantz, the leaders of the two big parties, to come tonight to meet with him. He has finished um, meeting with all the other party factions. And um, that'll be interesting. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens if this scenario or other scenarios come uh, come true. Uh, after this musical selection, we're going to share with you a recording that you don't want to miss. Really, give you an idea of the mindset of the Israeli Arabs who are sitting in the Israeli Knesset. Pretty, um, I was shocked. I got to say that I was shocked. As promised, Bat Ella with Elohim Natan Matana. Who wrote that song? Eitan mm, Masuri wrote the song. And the words are by David Chalfon. My name is Mayor Weingarten, and you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network. אלוהים נתן לך במתנה את החיים על פני האדמה.
אלוקים נתן לך במתנה. That's a golden oldie with a fresh coat of paint. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Networks. So, uh, in the aftermath of the elections in Israel, usually the Arab party or parties, in this case party, Harishima HaMeshutefet, which is a, uh, a slate composed of four separate Arab parties that decided to run together, and um, have the strength that they have today. Previous Knesset, not this one, the one before that, that 15 seats, now they have 13 seats. Usually, usually the Arab parties don't participate in the post-election arena. As far as they're concerned, they see both parties as illegitimate, racist, you know, occupiers. To them, they're all the same. All the Jews are the same. All the mainstream Jews. parties are the same, they declare. Yesterday, for the first time in Israeli history, they came to the president and made a recommendation. They explained the recommendation by saying that they promised their constituents to bring down Prime Minister Netanyahu, and in pursuit of that aim, they recommended that the president choose Benny Gantz to try and form the coalition. Now, During the, uh, they came with certain grievances. And Ahmed Tibi, who's a member of Knesset for a very long time, was a very close advisor, <coughs> very, very, very close advisor of the late Yasser Arafat Yamashimo. He laid out his grievances, or the grievances of the Arab population before the president in this meeting. First, he says, first, Israel demolishes illegally built homes. It's terrible. I'll say it again. Israel demolishes illegally built homes. They don't do it as much as, as we, you would imagine and as they should. So he continues, imagine a family watching in dread as their illegally constructed house is torn down. I added the world illegally here. And he's going to say that the reason that they have to build illegally is because they don't get permits and so forth and so on. I don't know if that's true or not, but the president, Rivlin, interrupted him and said, you know that when a Jew builds illegally, then his house gets demolished as well. And we know that that's true. And then there's another grievance, he says, the lack of ample policing in Arab cities and towns. which allows inter-Arab killings to go unchecked. And that's a major problem, by the way. Just yesterday, four Arabs were shot by other Arabs. There is such a proliferation of guns in the Arab community, illegally being held by individuals. They're used all the time. 
at a wedding, they shoot up in the air. You will uh, see that in some of the uh, TV shows now and Fauda or others, where as part of the wedding celebration, they take machine guns and shoot up in the air. Well, that could hit somebody. But they also shoot each other. If there's a conflict, somebody just takes out a gun and shoots the other person. And yesterday, that's what happened. Four Arabs were shot by other Arabs because of all kinds of disputes. Now, the Israeli Arab leadership claims that the reason is a lack of policing by the Israeli police. The police, on the other hand, will probably tell you that they're petrified to work in the Arab cities. And in fact, in the past, when a police station was opened in an Arab city, uh, there was a riot and it was uh, burnt down or stoned or whatever. So, TB presents this case saying, and, and this is the lead up to the, to the clip that we're going to play for you. <clears throat> After watching his house be destroyed, well, let's start, let's start with this piece here about, um, I think this is about the Arab, uh, the Arab watching the house being destroyed. No, this is after that. So first he said... This is our blood. And our blood is not cheap. Does that sound familiar? Wow. What do we always say? Jewish blood is not cheap. He's obviously playing on that. And now we get to the part that I think is um, the, the most outrageous. So I'll tell you what he what he says in English, and then I'll I'll play you. The, well, no, I'll play you the original first, so that you can hear how outrageous it is, and then I'll translate for those who don't understand. <laughs> Let that sink in if you understand it. There are those, I'm translating as literally as I can so that it doesn't, uh, no one says that I've um, taken it out of context. There are those who think that we are the backyard of the state of Israel. 
And I'm saying that I think that means that we're really not part of the home, that those who think that we're really not part of the home, we're just the backyard. We're not the backyard. We're not nochachim nifkadim, which is a, it's a legal term, and it means that when people during war run away from their home or, or property and they lose it, but they still are in the same country as they were before, they're called nochachim nifkadim. They're absentees, but they're present, meaning they lost the land even though they're still living in the country. And that's a legal status, and the uh, the state is uh, entitled to take the uh, to take the property. So he says we are not nochachim nifkadim. That's a whole. Maybe we'll do a show on that. That's a whole different subject. We're not guests here. He says Ahmad Tibi. Then he says a phrase in Arabic, and I hope somebody will be able to translate it for me. Right now, I don't know what it means. I noticed the word balad at the end, which I think means land. I'm not sure. But what's important is, after that, he says, Anachnu, I'm going to give you the exact quote in Hebrew, Anachnu ba'alei ha'aretz hazot. We are the owners of this land, of this country. We did not immigrate. I'm sorry. We are the owners of this land. We're not just citizens of this land. We did not immigrate to here. We were born here. We are the indigenous populations. We are the native people. So if anybody had any doubt about how the Arabs view us, these are the Arabs that are the non-radical Arabs. These are the Arabs that are sitting in the Knesset. These are the Arabs that are part of the part of the process. Anachnu all the right-wing media picked up on it. No one so far in the left-wing media picked up on it. And of course, he's going to say he didn't mean this, he didn't mean that, and he'll walk his way back from it. But that's what he wanted to say. You don't own this place. You don't own me. I own you. You, you're the guest. You're the one who immigrated into here. You, the Jews. I was born here. And by the way, if one does some research, one will find that most of those who call themselves Palestinians are not indigenous population several generations in the country. They came from other places mainly after the Jews started coming to uh, to Palestine, what was then called Palestine, and um, brought with them jobs and wealth and so forth, and so many Arabs from 
other Arab countries came for jobs and economic stability and so forth. It's traceable. Anyway, let's all remember that. Well, next week, next Monday, is the first day of Rosh Hashanah, so we will not... We will not um, be broadcasting, obviously. We'll broadcast a week after that, during Aseret Yimei Tshuva. And then we have another two weeks of non-broadcast, Monday, Chag, Sukkot, and uh, Shmini Aseret. So, over the next month, we're here once. Give me a little break. Not that I'm interested in having a break, but no one asked me this is the way the calendar worked out um, I'm going to take this opportunity to just thank everybody thank the listeners of this show I say it at the end of each show but I just want to take out an extra few seconds and tell you how appreciative I am of the fact that for almost seven years you have been listening and joining this show allowing me into your car, into your home, into wherever you listen to us, into your device. And I hope that uh, I continue to uh, get your confidence and uh, you continue to listen. And I hope that if you have anything to say about the show or any suggestions or any thoughts, that you continue to comment on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash or via email, mayor at nachomsegel.com, or in any other way that you can. It is very, very special for me to know that there's so many people out there listening, commenting, liking, and everything else that is done during which in which way I can know that there that you are out there and you are enjoying what what we are presenting here. So as the year comes to an end I wish one and all a Shana Tova. The most important part is a healthy year. And then everything else hopefully fall into place. Health. May you all have a healthy tough shin pay. I thank the Nachum Siegel Network staff. Avrami is always amazing. The boss lady, Miriam L. Wallach, who is just the engine that makes this thing go. And uh, I can't say enough about my friendship with Nachum Siegel and how important that is. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, Yoni Pollock with After Further Review, covering the latest in the world of sports, and then Jake Novak with Novak Now. What's the best way to solve Israel's political impasse? He will answer. And then the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, well, I should say that we're going to close out with Hamadri Goat and Shafal Ruach. It's a piyut of the Sephardic community beautifully, beautifully written piyut going back to the Middle Ages. 
Um, until next Monday? No, no, until the Monday after Rosh Hashanah. Immediately following James Dame, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. Oh no, they're just running in a different race. Go! Oh.